Welcome to the My First 5 Million podcast, where we share the trials and tribulations of two brand new mortgage brokers on their quest to fund their first $5 million in mortgages. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the My First $5 Million podcast. We're documenting the journey of two amazing brokers to their first $5 million in production. Today on the show, I have Isabel, and Isabel and I chat about a recent file that she had that was a ton of learning in it. It was a complicated file, and there's just so many great lessons in this episode. So a couple of things happened. First, she had a file client that was buying an investment property. There were some delays that were caused because of the lender on the refinance, and Isabel was able to come up with a creative solution, prevented the client from losing a $20,000 deposit, helped them get the property, built a client for life in the process, and just sort of her whole experience in doing this. If you're new to the industry, you're going to get files like this. They're going to be kind of weird and hairy. And they're going to take lots of time, but the lessons that you get from them are absolutely amazing. And one of the things I always tell new people is, you know, when you're new, it should be yes to pretty much everything. Like as you get more experience, you know, when I coach people that are doing 50, 60 million, it's like you need to say no more. But when you're new, you say yes. You just say yes to everything because you don't know what opportunities will come, what relationships and what learning will come from it. And so Isabel said yes to this particular opportunity, was able to turn into mortgages for her. And I think you're really going to dig this conversation I have with her. And also, if you're listening to this, and you're like, Scott, how do I get my business to that first 5 million? You can check out. We got some awesome stuff on that. Go to get5million.com. That's get the number 5million.com. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey, Isabel, welcome back to the show. Hey, Scott, good to be back. So today we want to chat about just the nuance of being a mortgage broker and how sometimes thinking creatively and solving problems can make such a difference. You had told me about a deal that you had come across. Maybe just set the stage for us of kind of where it was at and then how you were able to help save this client their $20,000 deposit. Because I think it helps other new people hear this and go, okay, this is where mortgage brokers really add so much value that they don't even realize. So go ahead and just set the stage for me. Yeah, for sure. So this client, he's someone that I've met in the investing community and someone I've been you know, talking with just even brainstorming, talking about flips and stuff. And then towards the end of last year, we connected and he just so happened to share that he was looking to really scale his portfolio this year. And by scaling, at least purchasing one every month or, you know, refinancing and then purchasing one every that's, month. That's yeah. definitely scaling. I'm like, right. holy crap, one a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And I think he's not too far off from it, to be honest. If, he, if anything, you probably only missed like two months like from the acquisition he's made since January. So I think he's doing really well for himself. The challenge with him was that his portfolio was already getting really big. So he was already in the double digits. Like the last acquisition he made in 2020 was his 10th or 11th property. And then he wanted to scale one a month, <laughs> 2021. Yeah. So when we got chatting after the new year, again, we, we touched base and he had two refinances with a bank that were in progress one that started in October and at the time that we're talking January hasn't been finalized yet. So from October to January, the refinance for that one property hasn't been completed yet. And then there was a second one that he was trying to get done, but he wasn't getting any feedback or movement on it. So I think that's sort of what pushed him to give me a chance because I told him, listen, you know, maybe I can help, right? Like he's on the road a lot. So going to the banks and having to work on multiple properties at once, plus having his construction business and renovation is a lot. So I know one of the values that we add as brokers is that, you know, it's basically hands off for our clients, right? They don't have to walk into a bank anymore. We process that. They just send us their documents and we work with, you know, what they provide to us with our lenders. 
Right. So it really removes that extra step. So I think that's kind of what got him to give me a chance to work with him, that opportunity. So I started working on the one refinance that didn't have any movement. But at the same time that we were talking, he had an acquisition that was going to take place soon. His realtor found him a property and he needed the refinances to go through in order to acquire that property. But I'm sure as you can probably see yeah, now, yeah, refinances yeah, are moving. The, the problem's so. <laughs> coming. The trains are heading toward each other. <laughs> so it's like closing and then refinances aren't moving. Where is he going to get the capital from, right? It's tied up in two assets. So the first refinance that was happening, I couldn't touch that because they're already way past the appraisal. And it's just like a matter of getting feedback and getting it finalized. So I said, okay, just keep on top of the bank. You know, if you want, I can maybe offer to touch base with them as well on your behalf. Um, just to make sure that things are moving. And then let me see what I can do with this second property. So I started working on the refinance. Some of the obstacles that I was facing was that it was a newly acquired property. And some banks, when I started talking to them, let me just take a step back here a little bit. At this time, I was still in the stage of establishing relationships with the BDMs. Yeah. So this takes time for me, or for any new agent, I think, picking up the phone, right? It's not just picking up the phone and calling and asking about the deal. It's picking up the phone, introducing yourself, building rapport, and then, you know, asking about the deal, right. <laughs> the potential deal. So I did that a lot. My January and February were actually inundated with calls. And I loved it because I got to know people. I got to introduce myself and I got more comfortable having conversations about these kinds of deals. So, you know, that took a lot of my time and I got a lot out of it by just talking to the BDMs. They were so helpful. Like I honestly value my relationship with them because some have told me, you know, I don't think we can do this deal, but try this lender, try this person. And that's how I started growing my network. So from there, I kept having conversations and it just clicked. I was like, listen, why don't we try and acquire this property through a private lender short term so you don't lose out on a cash flowing property because if we wait on a refinance there's a bigger chance that you can lose the acquisition on that next property because we can get the refinance done likely but it might take time but we're racing against an acquisition here that has a deadline i asked him you know how good is this property right like how good will this be for your portfolio and then you know it's a triplex you've got good paying tenants tenure and everything like okay, we can't lose out on this, right? So we just got talking and we were brainstorming. And I said, what do you think about acquiring the property through a private lender and refinance it, you know, six, eight months down the road? Let's talk about that, right? And then, yeah, you know, I kept trying to work on the refinance. So now at least I have two things going. I've got, if the refinance goes through, we can still acquire the property. But if not, I've got a private lender lined up for you. You know, it still gives him some cash flow, just not as much as it would have been if he could have just put down his capital, right? So at the end of the day, he didn't lose an acquisition. And that's what I valued the most for him. And I think that's what we've both established, right? At the same time, if he were to lose it, he would be losing his deposit. I think it's like $20,000 on a property that if I had just tried to find other solutions for, but didn't, he could have kept. So right. it was a fun ride because it was like a month and a half of working on this, on this acquisition and refinance. But it was great to at least work through the whole process, calling BDMs, learning the ropes and the investment side and dealing with an investment portfolio this big. And now, you know, we're just continuously working together. Right. So, yeah. There's a whole bunch of takeaways I got from what you just shared. So first mm -hmm. is if somebody's doing a refi, 
the lenders push them to the bottom of the pile. Your timing could be screwed up, especially if it's tied to a purchase. So if that's you, (laughs) second is that you are persistent. You basically were like, hey, this isn't working. We need a plan B. And then Mm -hmm. you explained it to him in a way that it was his benefit. It wasn't like you were saying, hey, I'm going to do two mortgages here instead of one. It was Mm -hmm. like, hey, remind me again. Why do you want the property? Is it a good deal? And then it was like, yes. Okay, so now it made sense to proceed with that. And then the third thing was, is just the importance of building relationships with your lending partners and BDMs, because otherwise this whole thing doesn't happen. You're not able to like, you can't creatively problem solve if you don't know who can help you and how you're going to put this together. So I think it's genius that you invested the time in building those relationships so that when this came up, Mm -hmm. you could be the hero to this person and solve their problems because you'd already built those relationships. So yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Yeah, but then so much learning though, right? So the cool thing about these kind of weird files is that there's just so much more learning packed in them. And where is this in the course? Like there's nothing like this in the mortgage course. Like this just doesn't even come up on the radar. So oh, absolutely uh, not. It's something that you just got to do, right? And I was nervous calling BDMs because I know in my head, I'm like, oh, they're dealing with other brokers. Like, hundreds and thousands of other brokers and deals. And here I am a newbie, you know, calling them and introducing myself and then asking, Hey, I was wondering if you could do this deal, right? (laughs) Or if you can help me out. But because it was for a client, I'm like, I have to do it. I don't care if they hang up the phone on me. That's fine. That means I don't call you the next time. right? (laughs) Because you were wired to take care of people. Then you were like, I'm not doing this for me, but it's actually for my clients. I'm going to like someone. Yeah. It's kind of like a mama bear kind of thing, right? You're like, oh, yeah, for you're more, sure. You're more protective of others than yourself often. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that story. And anybody listening to this, just, you know, keep that in mind, those kind of insights the next time you're working a file. That was awesome, Isabel. So good chat with you. Scott. We'll be chatting again soon. Yeah, absolutely. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.